to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. Well, hello there. Hey, guys. Welcome to Fancy Town Crimes. This is Taylor. And this is Megan. How's it going? And it is Labor Day <laughs> flipping weekend. I, okay, I'm not gonna lie, this totally snuck up on me. I didn't know it was a long weekend. Jeff and I took a long weekend last weekend because he was really, <laughs> he was really burnt out from work. And then all of a sudden we, he gets into the office on Monday, quote unquote, the office, Zoom. And he was like, wait, we have this Monday off? And so we were like, two long weekends in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of amazing. Um, super excited. We're gonna, after this, we're gonna go meet Bodie's puppy sitter for the weekend because we're going up to Maine for the annual Labor Day and we're camping. And poor Brandon is going to, well, he's already somewhat met the fam under weird circumstances of grandpa getting sick and, Mm. you know, passing away and everything, which it's all right. 94, great life, you know. Long life. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Brandon, guess what? (laughs) Where can I go up to New Hampshire and hang out with my grandmother as her husband is dying because this is what we do. God love him. He's a trooper. You know, I actually think that one of the first times that Jeff met some of my family was when my grandfather passed away. Oh, really? I just remembered that. Yeah, he came, like, we had been dating for a little, like, a little while and he had already met my parents. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he came, he came to, like, all the stuff, and uh, it was like he was meeting the whole fam, the whole fam fam. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's it was pretty, like, a, like, unfortunately, that's kind of a common way that people be, meet, like, your family. Well, it was, it was really nice, and I know my grandmother, he, like, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of funny. My grandmother you know her, she, like, exclusively drinks coffee, like, does not drink water, exclusively drinks coffee, sometimes tea, and then apple cider, okay, so Brandon drinks a lot of coffee, too, so when we got up there, my mom was like, oh, do you want anything, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'll take some coffee, and my grandmother was like, another coffee drinker, I've been waiting for another coffee drinker, (laughs) so long story short, my grandmother now, like, loves him, and I think it's because she's like, oh, my God, there's a possibility for great grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, but we brought, my gosh. We brought Bodie up, and I'm so glad we did because it was kind of a nice distraction for my grandmother. She got to meet Bodie, and it was – she was like, what a beautiful dog. He was on the Ativan from the uh, heartworm treatment, and I'm like, yeah, he's good. He's so calm. I'm like, yep, Ativan will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor baby. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, that's so nice, and that'll be, that'll be such a nice way to spend the weekend, but you're just going up for a night, right? Uh, yeah, just for a night in a camper. That's going to be <laughs> close quarters and wonderful. <laughs> so this is actually kind of, I've, I've been, like, dying to share this with you, because I, so we were going through, you know, pictures and stuff for my grandfather's, you know, funeral and everything, and yep. we were having a really good time, like, doing it because it's like you look at all the old pictures and it's so funny and we found so first we remember like god months ago now when we did the episode I did the episode on Hollywood yeah and I talked about how my grandfather was in Okinawa and like oh, he yes. used to go so my dad was like oh yeah he definitely would go to the canteens like and I was like I know so we were like looking through stuff we found this really old like navy um photo album that he had kept and it was so cool it's like all these photos from the 40s and like you you see him like on the huge like aircraft carriers and you see him in Japan and he's got like newspaper clippings along with it and like it's really really cool so aside from that we also came across just like regular photo albums that he kept because he kept really good records yep you ready for this one okay I'm gonna read you the article this is from 1939 okay Girl and brother recovering after rescue from river. A 14-year-old Cambridge girl and her 12-year-old brother, whom she tried to save from drowning at Faneuil Beach on the Hares River before the horrified gaze of their mother owed their lives today to the dramatic rescue 
of a lifeguard and a Brighton man. The boy, William Dooley of Market Street, after swimming some 60 feet from shore, became helpless in 15 feet of water. Heroically, his sister Mary, who cannot swim, rushed into the water to aid him, went beyond her depth, and began struggling for her life too. Seeing her two children on the brink of tragedy, Mrs. Ida G. Dooley plunged into the water fully clothed to rescue them. Fortunately, bathers restrained her before she could advance into the water over her head. Irving H. Stevens of Cushman Road, Brighton, brought William to shore. The girl, however, disappeared underwater. After seven dives, Harry Feynman of Holton Street, Brighton, brought her to the surface. He swam with her to shore where he applied artificial respiration. After two minutes, the girl revived long enough to murmur help and, the, and then relapsed into unconsciousness. When Metropolitan Police officers arrived, the girl regained consciousness and was making an attempt to stand up. The girl was carried to the police murder boat and taken to the station for further immersion treatment. The boy in the meantime had been completely revived. After a first date at the police station, Mrs. Dooley drove her two children home, where last night Mary was under the care of a physician. The rescued boy and girl are the only children of Mrs. Dooley and William Dooley, a carpenter employed at Suffolk Downs Racetrack. William Jr. graduated this June from St. Mary's Grammar School in Cambridge and is enrolled as a student in the fall, for the fall term at Cambridge High in Latin School, which is now Cambridge Ringe in Latin, yep. while his sister Mary is entering her third year at St. Mary's High School for Girls. He almost, so he and my great aunt <laughs> both made it into their 90s, right? 93 and 94. Almost both fucking drowned in 1939, right? Neither one of them could swim. They learned to swim. Insane. I can't believe there's an article about that. That's amazing. <laughs> then my grandfather went into the goddamn Navy. Still couldn't swim. <laughs> you think that would have been like a really good, like, when you, when you and your sister almost drowned, like, perhaps it's time to get, learn how to swim. Yeah, he just, he was like, I always used to just sleep with my life jacket on. <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. I can't believe yeah, that article exists. I know. Well, I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm gonna have to, like, and I wanted to read it to you on the podcast because I was like, I'm gonna, because it's, it's so, well, like, it's kind of like an I survived. I mean, it, it pretty much is. They did CPR on my great aunt. I had no clue. I knew there was some story where the two of them had, like, gotten stuck. Like, I vaguely remember him telling me that story. I didn't know that they had to dive down seven times. In 15 feet of water, they dove seven times to get her. That's insane. That person was, like, a total hero. Yeah. And then both of them lived into their 90s. That's insane. Sanity. Oh mm-hmm. my god, what an awesome find. <laughs> I know it was really I was like, are you kidding? And my grandmother's like, oh yeah, yeah. Your grandfather almost drowned as a kid. And I was like, <laughs> why are we so chill about this? We're this whole lineage almost isn't here. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like everybody not does does not exist. Wow. Yeah. That's I know, insane. isn't that that was a really cool find. I was like, man, that is 1939. Wow. Mhm. And it's Cambridge. Incredible. It's kind of fancy town. But Cambridge wasn't really fancy back then. No. It's just fancy now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is wow. That's Isn't that insane. awesome? That is so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you read that. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was like Sue, I was like d- waiting all week. I was like I've got this and I can't tell her but I want to tell her so bad. <gasps> oh, that was so good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. But um thought that that would be a nice little intro to uh fancy fancy town. To kick us off. I like it. It you know sets the mood. Sets the mood. Yeah, sets yeah. the tone. Yeah. So we are going today to how do you say it? Uh I believe, don't come for us. Uh <laughs> Tanque Verde, Tank Verde, Tanque Verde in Tanque Arizona. Verde. Arizona. In Arizona. <laughs> in Arizona. So, you know, when you first sent this to me, you sent it as Tanque Verde AR. And so I was looking for it in oh. Arkansas. And I was like, I can't find it. It's got to be Arizona. So yep. I just was like, okay, this I have is to Arizona. tell you that all of the abbreviations for the states with A's are so flipping confusing. And I didn't yeah. realize how confusing they were until we started this podcast. And I was like, 
I don't know. And now I second guess every abbreviation I do for states because I'm like, I don't know any of these. See, I'm the opposite. I don't second guess things anymore. I just, I'm like, you know what? I said it, so it's going to be right because I can't keep. <laughs> well, so like, 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 okay. So Alaska, it's not AK. a, it, it's, it's not a, exactly. It's not AL because it's Alabama. And, but the question was, you know, is it AK or is it a, a, I forget what it was because there's also Arkansas, which has a K. So it's very, it was very confusing. And then there's AR. It, it, anyway, confusion abounds. So yes, we're heading to Arizona today. So this is essentially copy paste because um, I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race as I was doing this. Yeah. Because I have become a, addicted because Colleen loves it. Oh, so good. And so this morning we were watching it and I was like, I really have to do this, but I can just copy paste from Wiki. That's the benefit of Wiki. <laughs> so my sources are Wiki, data.io, and my favorite patch. Oh, I think I got yeah. one line from the patch, but I was like, got to credit it. Credit it. that source. So, what is it? Tanka Verde? Something like that. Tanka Verde is a CDP, census-driven place, north of Tucson, Arizona. You love them census-driven places. You made me do this for Alaska, too. They're my favorite because they're ambiguous, which means but, it's helpful when you're finding a crime. But at least... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, what happens when we run out of all the fancy towns everywhere? <laughs> you need to be very ambiguous. I'll be like, once upon a time there was money and then it was gone. And so now we're going into this place that is poor, but it's okay. It's all right. Don't question it. <laughs> we'll have to like redefine the term fancy. Yes. Um, so it's north of Tucson, Arizona. The name means green tank, which references the green algae growth in the prominent stock tank in the 19th century. Ah, yes. Makes perfect like, sense. Like, oh, nasty growth. Let's name the tank. Mm, love me a nasty growth. <laughs> little fungus up in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tanka Verde is a valley that sits between the Santa Catalina and the Rincon Mountains. It sits on 32.9 square mile plot and is part of Arizona's riverway system that is being threatened by pumping and diversion of water for agricultural, industrial use, and domestic use. So we're just using up all the water because that be what we do. Womp womp. Yep. Uh, Tank Verde is originally home to the Apache tribe. So when I was reading this from Wiki, it was like, American ranchers settled this. And I'm like, no. The Native no. Americans were here first. They did all this stuff. And then <laughs> and we came like, in and we were like, oh, guess what? We did all this hard work. Oh, Lord. This looks like, this, thank you for doing all this hard work for us. We're just going to take it. Okay, bye. <laughs> See ya. So American ranchers moving west headed to the town in the 1860s. Okay, can I just say, I so badly want to go on vacation to like one of those ranches and like live on a ranch for a week. Oh, that would be such, I bet there's some really cool Airbnb experiences like that. I like, I want to be a cowgirl for like two weeks and then I'm done. That's a, I'm sure there's excursions. Like, oh my gosh. The, oh yeah, there yes. are. Yes. Like Montana. I'm just like, oh, oh, that would be everything so beautiful. Everything is so open. I would love that. I would, <clears throat> I'm absolutely in once baby's a little bit older. Let's take a little trip. Yeah. And it's, it's like gorgeous. You can just see like all the stars forever. Mm -hmm. In the entire so world. Nice. Going actually, places sounds great. Actually, oh, you want to hear something kind of funny? Yeah. And this, like, has nothing to do with what we're doing right now, but we didn't do a huge intro, so I feel okay interrupting for this story because it's pretty good. So, a couple weeks ago, Brandon and I and um, two of my other friends went to Lake Willoughby, Vermont, hmm. because we can get, like, a little, we'll, like, we'll get a little Airbnb, like, we're not really, it's in the middle of nowhere. It was like this yeah. super cute farmhouse, also the haunted, but very cute Love. farmhouse. Um, <laughs> there was like one night I was like, Brandon, I like can't sleep. I keep having nightmare after nightmare. Like, and there's tapping on the floor. I don't know what is going on. Sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I like, I had to get up 
to get like a drink of water in the middle of the night and I woke him up I was like you gotta come down with me uh I don't blame you I would have done the same thing so anyway that's not my story though so we're going to this like this place called Lake Willoughby and it was oh my god it was gorgeous it was like right in between two huge cliff sides and it was just crystal clear water like you could see all the way out to the bottom sounds amazing amazing so we're we get to our Airbnb, we stay over for a night, we're driving to the lake the next day, which is like 20 minutes away, and my friend on the way, he had been there before, and he goes, so just FYI, this is a clothing optional lake. A clothing <laughs> optional lake? I've I was like, heard of that. okay, cool, like, I don't care, like, you know, we're just gonna be in our bathing suits and chilling, and I had my little avocado float, let me tell you, I was a queen on that avocado float with my <laughs> white cloth living up my basic life oh so, I love it now I was like prepared but I wasn't fully prepared because you walk through like this little wooded section mm-hmm. to the actual like lake so it's like a little you go into the woods to get there round the corner and it's just peen as far as the eye can see well because this is the thing about clothing optional beaches <laughs> and lakes it's all naked men it is. There was it's, one or two women, but it was all, yeah, it was all naked men. That is, it, it's not naked. So this is the thing. Naked men, well, they're not naked when they're thinking this, or they might be, are like, ooh, I'm going to go to this beach because I'm going to be able to see lots of naked women. No, no. That's why there's three million naked men at the beaches because they all <laughs> went in hopes of seeing women, but instead all they're doing is seeing each other's peens. Well, I, I will actually say this, though. I will actually say this. So, it was actually the most body positive place I'd ever been in my life. Like, I was like, it was like not, at first I was like, wow, this is a lot of penis. Like, I've never (laughs) seen so much penis in one place in my entire life. Or like, let's just go with I've never seen that much in my entire life because it was a lot. It was very aggressive and it was just there. And it was so body positive. Like, no one was weird. Love that. No one was gawking. Like, they... The men were, and women, were just there, like, chilling, and they were, thing. like, yep, just doing their thing. I loved it. Um, having no tan lines, living their best having, life. Living their best life. There was a huge, like, uh, gay community up there, so that also, when oh, gays yeah. are there, it's just freaking, you're, like, just Better. peace and love it's all around. Good. I just yes. love it. Yes. But um, there were, like... <laughs> handstand contest which is just fucking amazing I was like that sounds like a lot of like flopping just general flopping it it was it was but it was like but it was just so it was really wonderful to just be there and see like this super like inclusive community that's just like you know we're just naked and free and I was not I was not but everyone else, or not everyone else, a lot of other people were. And I was like, you live your, everyone on that beach was just totally. living their best life, you know? And that's all you can ever ask for people is for and them to just live their lives. You're right. Like, there are plenty of times, like, people, like, people who live in nudist communities and stuff, they don't gawk at each other and they don't give a shit. But you're yeah, right. Exactly. There are outsiders that will go and be like, oh, I just want to see, like, what oh, the deal totally. is. And they're weird. But this was clearly, like, a very commonplace thing and, like, a com- like there weren't like any outsiders there's just like a normal community yeah. thing you know and they were just I love that doing it up yeah you know, doing it up in this very strange time you gotta just you know just just do live your best life do you think you could ever like go to a nudist beach and like participate yeah I don't think that I could personally I just, I, and it's, we grew up too, Catholic. We did. We <laughs> totally did. Like, I don't think that I could. And like, you know, and, and so I try and like, you know, rationalize it too. I'm like, well, what about like just topless? Like, cause in Europe, I mean, that's very common. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think I could do that. I just don't, I just would feel too exposed. And also my whole life, this has all been covered. So mm-hmm. What happens when the sun touches the, these parts that have never seen the sun? You want to talk about the worst sunburn of your life. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. So, I mean, if for no other reason, that would be reason enough for me to not do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think I could either, but I also, like, would totally go, I would totally go again, because it was so, I was like, I have never felt I love the positivity in my life. Because it was so nice. In general, can be really kind of like, you can feel very judged. Judgy, yeah. Regular beaches, because everybody's like, oh, look at you, look at that, whatever, I don't know what people are thinking, but, like, at, like, I would love to experience more of, like, a positive beach experience like I think that mm-hmm. sounds wonderful so I would totally go I wouldn't participate probably but I would just love the positivity I'm so into that do you know what I would really love what's up to see Jeff's face when we didn't tell him and we just took him <laughs> <laughs> would be a little startled and might run away I love Jeff and I know that he's probably gonna listen to this part when you edit it so hi Jeff I love you but I would love to see that just I'll like, have to ask him face. after. I'll have to find out what he thinks. <laughs> he, I, I, yeah, I don't know if he, I think he would just be too weirded out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That is. It, it's like, at first it's aggressive. You're like, wow. Whoa. Like, wow. But then yeah. after a while you're like, yeah, whatever. Just get used you know? to it. Yeah. Cause it's like, everybody has a body. Yeah. Eventually. But, anyway, back to our ranchers. Oh Yeah. <laughs> From nudist to ranchers. Nudist to ranchers. Same thing. <clears throat> okay. So it's originally home to the Apache tribe. American ranchers moving west headed into the town in the 1860s. By 1866, settlers had created a school district and soldiers from Fort Lowell in Tucson frequent in the town. Hang on. I have to get like a big cough and I don't want to do it on here. Fair enough. <coughs> Ugh, allergies. Mm. Okay. So... The army base closed down in 1891, or when it closed down in 1891, Hispanic immigrants moved into the area, um, or moved into, like, the abandoned, there was, I'm sure it was, like, a base where there was a lot of housing and stuff, so they moved in and began farming the area. They named the area El Fuerte, right, that's the name? The fire. El Fuerte. Right, that's what that means? (laughs) I think so, I didn't take... Spanish, but El Fuerte. Granted, I thought Tank Verde was French because that's embarrassing when I took a thousand years of French. Okay, <laughs> moving on to my non-failures. Okay, um, so by the 1900s, it was a thriving community. Many families moved upstream to what became Tank Verde and created ranches and homesteads. So it was like huge ranch land. Over time, smaller ranches were taken over by larger ones and very shockingly, white people stole the land. Oh my gosh. Color me surprised. I was shooketh. By the way, El Fuerte actually means the strong. Ah, so we are just rocking it today. We are doing great. I need to figure out what fire is now in Spanish. Fuego, that's what it is. Fuego. 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 Um, They were either robbed by fraud due to the naivety and limited understanding of English, because that's always nice, or it was taken by force. I Man, mean, we're just, white people are just painted, like, uh, I shouldn't even say painted, because we're not we're painted just, that no, way. We're just the they worst. just really sucked, man. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. They're just very entitled, very, very entitled. Yeah. Very, very entitled. Like walking like, around oh, wait, with a machine gun. You don't understand English? Um, no, because why would they understand English? Because that's not their language. You don't understand or, their language. <laughs> or how about the entitlement of walking around with a semi-automatic weapon, uh. but you scrub graffiti, and even though you shot a couple of people, it's probably self-defense, because that's what people do. They use machine guns for self-defense. They do, and they come over multiple state lines to come to something that has nothing to do with them, with a machine yeah. gun. And that definitely But they But they scrubbed graffiti. Oh my god, they did something kind of that they probably had to do for some community service thing i like i literally can't with that like if that doesn't show you why we need black lives matter with the whole a black man gets shot in the back what was it seven times and is now paralyzed shot in the back seven times now paralyzed because there was a knife in the car versus this kid who has shot people walking around with a machine gun and i'm not advocating that we shoot the kid walking around with a machine gun I'm just saying we don't shoot the people who don't have one. I think that's a pretty easy, like, distinction to make. I don't understand how people don't see that's, like, a clear-cut, like, 
if that was a kid of color walking around with a machine oh, gun. Oh, he would have been shot in two seconds. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 100%. He would have been shot in two seconds. Yeah. So. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. It's like preaching to the choir with people Welcome who listen to, to us. Welcome <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, God. We need to get out of 2020. Okay. So, Rob stole normal old white people things. Okay. Many of the original homestead families do not still reside there any longer due to housing prices, pressure to sell, demand for land as Tucson grew. <clears throat> okay. So, Tank Verde has the highest median income in southern Arizona and one of the highest overall in Arizona, which mm. I had no idea. Their school system also thrives with higher than average test scores. Uh, the CDP had a population of a little over 16,000 citizens, according to the 2000 census. And I think even the recent census, like the 2010, it still had about that number. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> my apologies. My throat is like really bad today. No, so fine. the town is made up of 24, 24, 94.28% white. 0.7% African-American, 0.56% Native American, 1.3% Asian, 0.11% Pacific Islander, 7.29% Latinx or Hispanic, and 1.3% other races, and 1.69% from two or more races. Hmm. I don't know why they say, like, other races. Like, we can't... Yeah, I, I never know what that means. I'm always like, what does that mean? Yeah, so... So what was um, we don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. So the median household income is $94,000 and the median home price is $372,000. The household income is $42,000 more than the state average in Arizona, which is, yeah, pretty remarkable That's for this bonkers. one little, like, wealth pocket, essentially. I want to buy a house in Arizona because that's, girl, that's cheap. <laughs> it be dry. It'd be dry. That too. But yeah, that's a tank of verde that I can't Beautiful. Realize. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. So <coughs> I chose uh, this town. Something heinous. Something, yes, per usual. Um, <laughs> I chose this because um, one, it was the wealthiest town in Arizona, and two, it is the general area in which these crimes took place. Okay. Uh, which is how I like to define and create clarity around my chosen towns. Anyway. Okay. So the sources that I used for this, um, this crime are the New York Daily News and Murderpedia. Um, you probably have heard of this crime. Like, I had kind of heard of it, but it wasn't some one that I was – like super familiar with so anyway let's dive in so charles schmid was adopted by charles and Catherine schmid owners and operators of hillcrest nursing home in tucson arizona he had a difficult relationship with his father whom his his mother later divorced um when schmid tried to meet his birth mother she angrily told him to never come back nice so that obviously good start nice. Yeah, it wasn't good a good, start. good thing. Um, so he did poorly in school, but was described as good-looking, intelligent, and well-mannered. Um, when you look at pictures of him, he actually, like, had a very attractive face, um, which is not, like, super surprising, but it's, it's just, it, it kind of plays into this whole strange scenario that occurs. But mm -hmm. so um, Charles Schmid was very small he was only 5'3 um so he was a small dude so he, to compensate he bragged non-stop and he wore makeup and oversized cowboy boots which he stuffed with random things like socks rags and crushed tin cans to add inches did he drive a car without a muffler and like blow everyone's eardrums out as he and, drove by and have like giant tires and like <laughs> yeah so he definitely oh. like there was lots of stuff he did to overcompensate. So yeah. wearing those boots filled with all that stuff, um, it caused him to kind of limp around because that obviously couldn't have been comfortable. And to explain the limp, he, he said that he like got into a fight with the mafia 
he was just like he really tried <sighs> to make himself he was he was obviously embarrassed by his height and he tried to cover it up with all of these kind of like odd yeah things. um how old or, or not how old um when was this what year so this was in the 60s hmm. okay so in the early 60s um schmidt was a fixture on a strip in tucson arizona known as the speedway um and to conceal his naturally handsome face he kind of wore this strange, like, bizarre mask that he created. It, he had dark tan pancake makeup, white lipstick, um, and he had his hair dyed black. He topped it off with a beauty mark on his cheek made of putty and axle grease. Like, it was large. Um, and he did that to make himself look, quote-unquote, meaner. So there obviously was, like some stuff going on here um he told you know wild tales of sexual conquest like he was just always boasting and bragging and um trying to make himself seem just more than he was Mm -hmm. so although he was out of high school for years um but he was out of high school for years but because the reason he was out of high school was because he uh he failed out basically um, and he just never went back. So he was still pretty young. Um, he didn't bother to get a job. He lived basically on handouts from his parents. They paid his rent um, and they covered his living expenses and they gave him an allowance to live. So even though he kind of had like a, for the most part, at least from what I could find, his, you know, he was adopted. He, his family doted on him. Um, you know, who knows what that like I don't know how old he was when he was adopted um I know that there his mother that his biological mother um she they kept saying she was quote-unquote unwed kept on saying she was he was quote-unquote illegitimate so I don't know if he if it wasn't an immediate adoption and maybe that played into some of this kind of strange stuff that happens later on but Mm -hmm. anyway I digress so in the spring um no I'm sorry so, despite how kind of strange all of this was, women loved him. He was known as Schmitty, um, and he had uh, had this very kind of strange power over women. They um, love it's. You know what it is? It's that caked on birthmark. They're like, what, yes. was it a mole? Like, look at that mole beauty mark or whatever. Yeah, it oh. was. It was really strange. I mean, like, if he hadn't been like you know, doing all that strange stuff that he was doing. He has a very handsome face. Um, So I don't really know why he, like, created this kind of, like, literally a mask for himself. Um, So his power over women later prompted a a reporter um, named Don Moser to give him the name of, quote-unquote, the Pied Piper of Tucson. So in the spring of 1964, um, he started seeing a young girl named Mary French, who was 17. Um, and in May, during a, a very drunken binge, uh, he was out with Mary and another buddy, John Saunders, and Smitty blurted out that he, he wanted to kill a girl. Um, because that's just kind of a normal thing that you say when you're out drinking with buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, so French was eager to help lure the victim. Oh, um, God. Yeah, because he, he, like, he had this power over these women for some reason. I mean, these are essentially, like, teenage girls. So, anyway, because he was, <laughs> I think he was probably, like, late teens, early 20s, so he wasn't much older himself, but still. Anyway, so she was, she was eager to help lure the victim, um, Aileen... Rowe, who was 15, a high school sophomore. So that night, French persuaded uh, the girl to sneak out of her house after her mother had left for work, because she was a night nurse, um, and French had told them that they were going to go to a party. Instead, however, uh, Schmid, Saunders, and French drove Rowe into the desert, where the men raped her and then cracked her skull with a rock. Um, she had been wearing curlers in her hair, 
um, when she had slipped out of her room. So French dug a hole and buried the curlers while the men buried her body. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why not just bury her with the curler? No this is my, idea. This is what. This is my part, guys. I don't want to. My do that. job. <laughs> my job is to bury the curlers. I have no flipping idea because she was 17 years old and dumb, like we all were. Yeah, but I wasn't that dumb. I was. That's true. I wasn't that dumb. Most of us aren't that dumb. I'm, gonna, I'm like so. I'm on the brink of a foot cramp. Do you know when you're like almost oh, there no, and you're like, no, yes. please, no, no foot cramp. Oh god, <laughs> it's always good. It's the worst. That's what I get for making fun of this horrible, horrible. <laughs> case. Well, the, I had to actually this the couple articles that I used. Um, they all added in a lot of uh colorful language they liked to just describe things in very strange ways like they described mary french as like this from or a, a dumpy 17 year old girl and i just thought that oh was my weird. god like okay i was like <laughs> excuse you Put on some makeup use your boyfriend's makeup i know and that they were like calling these people like oddball i'm just like you have a lot of opinions in here this is just supposed to be just give me the facts Anyway, <laughs> not that we don't have our own opinions, but anyway. So soon after the disappearance, uh, detectives quizzed Schmid, who said he knew Roe and had planned to pick her up for a party last night, but she was gone before, when he arrived. And Mary French backed him up on this. So as time passed, Saunders joined the Navy and Schmid got a new friend, Richie Burns, uh, Bruns, sorry, um, who was out of straight out of reform school. Um, Good. And of course, Schmitty told his new friend all about the ki- killings because he can't keep his mouth shut. He's so boastful. Um, he, Schmid also found a new girlfriend, Gretchen Fritz, who was 16, the daughter of a wealthy Tucson doctor. So she was blonde and slender. Um, Fritz was known as kind of the, a quote-unquote troublemaker in her private school, and her teachers were scared of her. Oh, um, God. So that's good. That's always a good sign. Um, however, the, the relationship soon soured, but Schmidt kept seeing Fritz. Um, he had told Fritz about Rose's murder, and he was worried that if they split, she would tell people. Mm-hmm. Because he just keeps telling everybody. So on, in August 1965, Fritz told her parents uh, she was taking her 13-year-old sister, Wendy, to an Elvis Presley movie. However, they never returned. It seemed as if the girls, like Roe, had just vanished and may have run away until Schmid, once again, um, couldn't keep his mouth shut and gave the police a break. So, as he had with the earlier killings, Schmidt told Bruns about murdering the Fritz sisters. Mm-hmm. This time, he asked Bruns for help burying the bodies, which he had left, he had just left out rotting in the desert. Um, Bruns kept the secret until he started dating this girl, and he started to have nightmares that she was the next on Schmidt's list, which, totally valid, like, I would Oof. feel the same way if I were him. So by October 1965, his anxiety had reached a, a, you know, a fever pitch, and he decided to contact the police, um, and he led them to the graves. So he also told um, of Schmidt's murder uh, of, of Roe as well. So he basically just told them everything, which good for him for, you know, not good for him for, like, helping, but... Good for him for, like, having a conscience. Eventually doing the right thing. Eventually doing the wrong, right thing. Also, I had heard, in some of the other articles I read, um, it sounds like Schmidt was telling literally everybody about these murders, and so, like, all of the high school kids were talking about this, but nobody... And he was, and he was an adult at the time, like, he wasn't still in high school, right? He, he wasn't in high school, but I think he was, like, older years of high school age like I think he might have been like oh, okay. 18, 19 like he had he just had dropped out and so Even still anytime a 19 year old is trying to impress high schoolers just a there's a problem. problem there's a problem exactly so but like everybody kind of knew what was going on and they just weren't tell like he he just had this power over people for some reason so 
Police rounded up French and Saunders who confessed about the Roe killing and agreed to testify against their former friend. Um, so French was sentenced to five years and Saunders got life. Mm-hmm. Um, at his trial for the Fritz, Fritz murders of the two girls, um, Schmidt appeared to be, you know, average, clean cut. They like, they, you know, gone was, were the make the makeup, the mole and the strange attire that he would wear. Um, they tried to give him more of like a wholesome thing. The mole, the mole wouldn't pull well with the jury. It would not have. It was very strange. Um, <laughs> like, bro, bro. Yeah, it's like, just <laughs> come on. Just, what's with your weird mole? So, <laughs> but however, this wholesome veneer did not sway the jury. So after two hours of deliberation, they found him guilty and worthy of the death penalty. Um, so there was a weakness in the Roe case uh, because there was no body. Um, Saunders and French had led police to the spot in the desert where they had buried Roe, but um, they they couldn't find they couldn't find the actual grave. All they could find was the curlers. Um, however, Schmidt was ended up did end up being sentenced to fifty years to life, which I mm-hmm. thought was really crazy because Saunders got life, and then Schmidt got fifty years to life because no. he's hot. That's why. I mean. It, honestly, that's I hate to say that. Like, no, but I you're so I, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that's right. the same reason why that girl Mary got five years. I mean, not for nothing, but she was totally part of the premeditation. Uh, she she learned she the girl. Learned, yeah, exactly. So. 100%. Yeah, no, you're so, and, so, so right. And granted, I suppose, like, eh, you, could, you could make some arguments for Mary being, like, or French being, like, young and persuaded and, like, you know, I'm sorry, teenagers are fucking stupid, like, they are, most of them aren't this bad, but, like, they are stupid, and they do dumb things, and they can be very easily persuaded by manipulative people, but, so, I don't know, I don't know, but I, it probably, with how punitive things were, especially in the 60s, I bet it was because she was a girl. Yeah, no, I think you're so right. So, within a month, uh, Schmidt had asked for a new trial, offering to produce Rose's body, um, that would be proof, he said, that she was not killed by a blow to the head, as Sunder testified. He knew the exact location because, without knowledge of his friends, he had reburied the body. Uh, however, the autopsy confirmed Sunder's story about the, um, <laughs> about the blow to the head. I know, it's so stupid, so there was no retrial. What an idiot! Like, wh- why is that your strategy? I, he... He just thought he, he was everybody a- else is stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So after 1971, when Arizona abolished the death penalty, it looked as if uh, Schmidt was just going to be destined to spend decades behind bars. Um, he had multiple escape attempts. And in November 1972, he actually did escape from prison in the company of a triple murderer, Raymond Hudgens. Mm-hmm. So the two of them held four hostages at a ranch near Tempe, Arizona, then split up and both were recaptured within days, thankfully. So, yeah. Four years later, in March 1974, Schmid was stabbed. This is, uh, different articles say different things, so I'm going to give you a range here. Uh, He was stabbed 20 to 47 times in a prison brawl. He died from his wounds 20 days later. Oh, 20 days. Jesus. He lost an eye and a kidney. Uh, Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So this bizarre story um, inspired, uh, um, or this bizarre life, I guess, inspired a story, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? by Joyce uh, Carol Oates. And it was later adapted into a film, Smooth Talk, starring Laura Dem as a young girl whose quote-unquote trashy daydreams leave her vulnerable to a dangerous stranger. So that is the story of the Pied Piper of Tucson. Man, what a douche. Right? Yeah, you have to look up <laughs> pictures of him. He, uh, I'll, I'll put some on the Instagram, too, because it's... He... Not so hot with your eye, missing now, <laughs> are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man, fucking terrible. Yep. God. Yep, the worst. 
I can't even imagine getting stabbed like bad enough Mm. that your eye is gone. Yeah. Not that like I feel bad for him per se because he's pretty callous and pretty douchey, but like, oh, oh man. Yeah. I mean, 20 to 47 times he was stabbed. That's crazy. So, uh, I found us a, a gem, and I stumbled upon I this on Reddit. Ready? Oh, God, I love Reddit. Oh, this is, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, these people have nothing better to do. Um, <clears throat> and I actually, oh, wait, hang on. I, I took a picture, too, of something I have to read to you after, because it's just, it's good. Okay. I'm ready. So, I got this article. I, so, I found it on Reddit. Somebody had posted it on Reddit, um, but it's from tucson.com and it's an article written by rebecca sasnet from the arizona daily star or henry bean i don't i'm gonna credit both of them because i don't totally know but yeah okay so this is super recent this is updated september 2nd of this year interesting and what day is it today is it the The fourth yeah super super recent okay so um, it says, internet dispute among dinosaur deniers won't topple Tanka Verde T-Rex. Oh, yes. And there's a, I don't think I can share my screen with you, can I? Uh, yeah, no, I can't yeah. share it. It's fine. It's, I'll show you the, I'll show you the picture after. So it's a picture of this dinosaur outside of a fucking McDonald's. And the dinosaur is wearing a mask, which is kind of funny. Um, so it says, Despite what you may have read on the internet, one of Tucson's most beloved fast food landmarks is not about to be torn down by an angry mob of dinosaur deniers. The snarling Tyrannosaurus Rex in front of the McDonald's at Tanca Verde and Grant isn't going anywhere, according to Lizeth Alvarez, area supervisor for the Diaz Management Inc., which owns the the bustling franchise. Absolutely not, Alvarez said. People seem to like it. It's a landmark, really. Concerns of the life-size replica cropped up earlier this month when a post targeting the T-Rex on Tanka Verde showed up on the Facebook page of a group called Christians Against Dinosaurs. <laughs> here, here, here we fucking go, guys. Buckle up. Oh, According God. to the page, as well as the group's website and occasional YouTube videos, CAD <laughs> is dedicated to the belief that dinosaurs never existed at all, but are in fact a scam perpetrated by scientists, possibly as some liberal plot against religion. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) There's nothing factual about any of this, of course. It flies in the face of mountains of fossil evidence collected, studied, and cataloged since the 17th century. I love this author. I I love them so much. They're like, and that's a no. On the other hand, (laughs) it is on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So it must be true. And since August 15th, so, too, is the following post on Christians Against Dinosaurs page. Quote, please help. This McDonald's has this dinosaur and refused to remove it. This is in Tucson, Arizona. Call the manager and demand the removal of this blasphemy. The post from a CAD page member named Josh Brown then gives the address and phone number for the offending burger joint. It can be hard sometimes to separate the faithful from the frauds on social media sites. And this seems doubly true in the case of Christians Against Dinosaurs. Though there seems to be an underlying earnestness to CAD's website, the majority of the people posting on his Facebook page seem to be there to get into arguments, speculate, or mock the whole thing. Attempts to reach those in charge of Christians Against Dinosaurs were unsuccessful. According to several articles written about the group since it first gained fame about five years ago, the movement has no clear leadership or agenda beyond trying to contradict centuries of science, including literal tons of actual physical specimens. (laughs) Taking, but if taking down the fiberglass replicas of dinosaurs is something the group actually endorses, it's not clear from its messaging. But CAD poster Josh Brown insists he isn't joking around. Reached through his Facebook page Tuesday night, he said the lives and works in Tucson Oh, he said he lives and works in Tucson. He lives. He lives. <laughs> wow. Sometimes he you he, just have to live. He said he lives and works in Tucson, and he doesn't see anything funny about, quote, lying to our children. It seems to me that- Yeah, you're right. I don't see anything funny about lying to our children. <laughs> so this is another quote from him. It seems to me that every dinosaur story and display or dinosaur-themed event is 
furthering the myth that Earth is much older than the Bible says it is, Brown said via Facebook Messenger. Yes, the dinosaurs should go unless they're willing to compromise with a plaque with of some kind stating it's a fictional character. So I'm guessing this man, like, doesn't bring his kids to Disney to see, like, you know, the, the fucking characters that walk around and sign autographs and shit, but that's just me. Okay. Diaz Management owns 18 McDonald's restaurants in Arizona, 15 of them in the Tucson area. Alvarez said the group members at the Tanque Verde location first found out about the possible dinosaur dispute from a few customers who mentioned the post or called in to ask if it was for real. Some, so employee, <laughs> some employees wondered if there would be a protest of some kind in front of the restaurant, but Alvarez says she wasn't aware of anyone even calling in to complain about the dinosaur so far, so, uh, though several people on Facebook claim they did. The T-Rex dates to when the restaurant first opened in 1994, part of an all-around dinosaur themed theme aimed squarely at kids and inspired by the wild success of the first Jurassic Park movie. Alvarez said the rest... Yeah. Alvarez said the restaurant's owners have taken to dressing the dino up in different holiday costumes throughout the year. In early May, she said the statue got all this extra attention when they covered the nose and mouth with a giant mask to promote pandemic safety. Most Facebook users responded to Brown's so-called tiny arm, arms with jokes or messages in support of the tank of Verde I T-Rex. Tiny arms in your big head. <laughs> He posted about the statue. Since he posted about the statue, Brown has been harassed and threatened online. Some even tried to hack into his personal Facebook account. He said a lot of comments. Uh, he said a lot of the comments directed his way have been from quote people who wanted to save the dinosaur or message me personally to spew insults and threats. In a later post to the CAD community, Brown took aim at different drive-through at a different drive-through dinosaur. This one in front of a McDonald's off of I-10 in Benson. He called it, quote, a conduit of lies and dino porn that are corrupting our children's minds. I think we've lost our minds. Like, I think that, I think that we need to, like, I think the human race might be done. Like, I think we need to start over. I mean, why do you care that? Just don't go to the fucking McDonald's. Just be like, hey, kids, dinosaurs aren't real, even though you're fucking stupid. But regardless, what, you know, you can believe what you want to believe. But so here's the real gem. So I went on to the Christians Against Dinosaurs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I found, yes. I found this gem. So I'm oh, going to read God. it to you. Okay, read it to me. Oh, I'm so, scared. So for reference, for the picture, this guy here, who's like in his little suit thing. Okay, he yep. is supposed to be the stupid guy who, like, believes in dinosaurs. This guy who looks like a fucking idiot in the orange, in, god, my phone, in the orange with the green goddamn pants and, like, the mullet yep. is supposed to be the smart guy. So, I'm, I think they, I think they mixed up the picture. But anyway. Okay. Seems like it. So, so, let me read to you what this picture shows, okay? So, it's. It's the virgin dinophile versus Chad Cad. Okay. So if you're, uh, if you believe in dinosaurs, you're a virgin. The virgin dinophile. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. So you ready? So here's the virgin dinophile. Here's his traits. He agrees with everything his teacher tells him. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that kids who believe in dinosaurs. Uh, they don't believe everything I tell them, even yeah. though they should, because I'm not actively lying to them, but <laughs> they don't. Okay. So, believes dinosaurs lived across the galaxy. What, what? Never heard, never heard that one. Lived yeah. across the galaxy? Yep. Okay. I don't think they think that. Here we go. This is great. Thinks sex and watching porn makes him a chad. Oh, yeah, the guy on the other side, the Chad. Yeah, he's a Chad. Probably smokes weed. That was my favorite. <laughs> wow, they're really, like, they're really, they like, okay. Belittles um, Christians to bolster his fragile ego. Sure, says, yeah, sure. Says the person who, who made this picture, but anyway. <laughs> Puny arms mimic those of a T-Rex. Yes, everyone who believes in dinosaurs <laughs> has short arms. Brags about 
quote, destroying Christians with facts and logic, end quote, desperately grasps, <laughs> this one's the best, desperately grasps onto dinosaurs for emotional comfort. <laughs> I need an emotional comfort dinosaur. I need one of those. Who created this graphic? Are we sure that Christians Against Di- Dinosaurs is not a, um, what's it called? A fake thing? A, uh, like, it's like the onion. I can't think of what that's called. It's like a satirical and and people think it's real like it's one of those things where it's like there are people who are going on there who are christians against dinosaurs and they're like this is real but actually the person who maintains the page is like a satirical page i really hope so because they they have done a phenomenal job okay because this is chad questions everything Knows that extraterrestrial habitats would be too harsh for dinosaurs. Well, no shit, Sherlock, because we can't live there either. But anyway. (laughs) Saves himself for marriage. Wait, I thought the other guy was a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Is always intoxicated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. I have Holy Spirits, too. It's called wine. (laughs) 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 the best kind of holy spirit so remains collected as he dismantles the dumbest arguments he's ever heard oh my god got swole from carrying the bible everywhere he goes stop it okay this has to be satire this has to be satire okay does it need to brag because simply being correct gives him all the validation he needs and then knows that belief oh in dinosaurs is empty and will never bring lasting peace. Okay, but, like, is your argument bringing you lasting peace? I don't understand. I don't know, but, I mean, honestly, if it's fake, cool. And if it's not fake, like, also cool. Because that, I don't care. That was that was That's so amazing. Good. I, that, that is amazing. That was the thing I've ever come across on the internet so, in my whole life. So... <laughs> oh my god christians against dinosaurs so also a reddit thing that i stumbled upon the other day this person uh who was part of a flat earthers like group on the internet Mm -hmm. he he finally got banned from the flat earthers group because he posted i'm gonna share this with you i'm gonna share my screen with you uh he posted this picture (laughs) i'll share i'll put it in the instagram too um uh let me get up so the asteroid hitting earth when the dinosaurs get extinct and then the asteroid hitting the flat earth (laughs) dinosaurs getting (laughs) wrung out into space (laughs) you have to post that that's the greatest image i've ever seen in my life I was looking at this at like 11 o'clock at night (laughs) and I was just hysterical. (laughs) So I will post this and the other pictures on the Instagram because, oh my gosh, I can't even. It's too good. That's gold. That is gold. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. And I'm also very afraid for our future. I'm really afraid for our future, guys. (laughs) Like, where do you think the oil from the ground comes from? Bro, Uh, it's dinosaurs. uh, (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with this world. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, that that was, that was, that was good. I really, I enjoyed, I'm so glad I found that. I think that's like the greatest thing ever. And I think if you have time, you should go check out Christians Against Dinosaurs and tell us if you think it's real or not, because I really want to know if it's real or not. Yes, agreed. I, yeah, is that satire? Is that real? Should we be even more concerned about our lives than we thought we were previously? Let us of know. Of all the things, of all the things to be upset about. I know. There's plenty of other things to be upset about besides. <laughs> we're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. And he's Guys. Like, you know what's got to go? The dinosaurs. <gasps> Get rid of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I also need, I need an emotional support dinosaur too. I'd really like one of those. Yep. Like, instead of it being, like, a miniature pony, it's, like, a little, like, raptor. Yeah, I need a support raptor. Yeah, support raptor. Perfect. Ready for it. Okay, cool. Oh, well, that was a good one. That was a really good one. I, I enjoyed this episode. This was good. 
I, I enjoyed that too. I hope that everyone <laughs> else enjoyed this and it's not just Megan and I being like, oh my God, we're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we hope you, when do we, what, these come out on Monday. We hope you have a great week and yep. you had a little chuckle and we'll see you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. See you next time.